Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, the program Common Sense, a radio station WABC. And if you were listening at 8.08 in the morning, Sid Rosenberg, you heard the big announcement that Sid and O'Reilly are doing a live show at the Paramount Theater, Huntington, Long Island, called The New York State of Mind, on Friday, October 27th at 8 p.m. So this is going to be a blast. And let me just give you an outline. I uh, put together this show especially for New Yorkers and people in Connecticut and Pennsylvania and New Jersey, what they call the metropolitan area. Because all of us have commonality in the way we were brought up. Some had much better upbringings than others. But the environment of New York City is so dramatic, the options so plentiful, that all of us have crossed currents So, for example, Sid was brought up in Brooklyn, about a half mile away from where my father was brought up, on West Street, all right? And so his Jewish family has crossed currents to my Irish family, and his childhood paralleled mine, even though I am older than he is. So we're going to get into all of that, but then we're going to get into what happened. So at one time, a New York upbringing, a New York state of mind, was this— and now it isn't. Now it's something far different than it was. The, the cliche is back in the day. So I'm bringing a lot of stuff in here. And I think that you're going to have, if you come to the show, a lot in common with me and Sid. This is so hot, so real for me, man. Bill O'Reilly growing up was the man. As they always say, was the best, still is the best, will always be the best. 9 p.m. weeknights on this station, BillOReilly.com. Watched him every night. He crossed the country, traveled the country doing shows with people like Dennis Miller, most recently President Donald Trump. Now, me and Bernard were invited a couple years ago to do one segment up on stage with him. But to have my name on the marquee now with O'Reilly is surreal. With that said, my first guest today is the very, very talented, highly rated overnight host. Other Side of Midnight joins me on a weekly basis, and I believe will be there Friday night, October the 27th in Huntington, Long Island. My dear friend Frank Morano. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Sid. I will be there indeed. Would not miss it for the world. I'm actually really looking forward to that. And uh, that's one of the few events involving pundits or radio people that is genuinely going to be unpredictable. You go to a lot of these other events and, you know, you could tell one guy's going to read these talking points. The other guy's going to read these talking points. With you and O'Reilly up there before a live capacity crowd on a live stage, that's one of those things. Anything can happen. I absolutely <laughs> would not miss that for the world. That's well, just, just emphasize your point, how right you are. I still have no idea, no idea exactly what we're talking about, what we're doing. 
He kind of explained it just now. It's been explained to me the same way. So you're right. Unpredictable is a good word. And just like radio, unpredictable is always better. Now, you told me a couple of years ago when Arwadi did this with President Trump in the great states of Texas and Florida that they revealed how much O'Reilly actually paid Donald Trump. Right. Uh, so we recently, and I don't know what you're getting, but I'm hoping it's close to what Trump got paid from <laughs> O'Reilly. Because it, it, it's not. Cor- <laughs> I'm, not com- I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong. Bill is generous and great, and I'm just really humbled to even ask me to come. But no, it's not the same number as Donald Trump, no. So uh, Trump just filed his financial disclosures with the FEC, and he's doing really well in terms of a lot of speaking engagements around the country, including the more than $1 million from his speaking tour with Bill O'Reilly. So not a bad fundraising, no. uh, not a bad payday <laughs> to sit there and ask questions. Not at all. Questions. So let's get to the big uh, Gilgo Beach story. You know, I had Rodney Harrison on yesterday, the Suffolk County Police Commissioner. I interviewed, thank you, I interviewed live in studio the DA, Ray Tierney, as well, going back last Monday. I thought that was great, too. And uh, we're keeping up with this, but you also know that Curtis Sliwa is on every morning at 7.05, and he really was the one. I know Frank McKay's done this in the past, but Sliwa, much more detailed, he's really the one who may have exposed all the folks in Suffolk County, especially the leaders for burying this thing, keeping it from the FBI because of all the prostitution and some of the tawdry things the police commissioner, the DA, and all those folks were doing. Well, I've come to find now that you actually are in agreement with Curtis Lee, and you do believe that along with Burke, these guys kept it from the FBI because they were doing things they did not want the FBI to know. Is that true? Well, uh, sort of true. I mean, you, you included a lot of different uh, parentheses, uh, parenthetical statements there. First of all, um, you know, uh, I didn't hear Curtis mention this case at all before there was an arrest on this case. I, I've been covering this case regularly for the three years that I've been back on the air here at WABC. So uh, Curtis has been talking about it a lot since there was an arrest, but I didn't hear a mention of this cover-up that was going on prior to the arrest of Hewerman. Now, let's look at what's going on, gone on in Suffolk County. And you you have, including Curtis, have done some great coverage on this issue. Um, it, it's it, the, the comment made by Ray Tierney when he was in studio with you that it, you, the FBI was – was stopped at every step of the way by local authorities, I thought was very telling and very interesting. And it goes hand in hand with what my sources have said in terms of this case, including uh, the fellow that wrote the book, Jimmy the King, uh, Gus Garcia Roberts, who I had on this morning. Just uh, just to show you what's going on there. So so the first body they found was 2010. Tierney and Harrison won in 21. They took office in 22. And Ray Tierney, without any hesitation, said there was really no FBI involvement until I took this case over 12 years later in 2022. This despite what George V., who I love dearly, he's a great man. I get sad for him sometimes that he gets caught up in this. But him and Peter King denied it, but Ray Tierney did not. 
Well, and you know who else didn't? So uh, Tierney said that first, and I was really kind of surprised at Peter King's response to that, to basically say that the sitting DA is either either lying or mistaken. But you know who else didn't deny it is Geraldine Hart, who uh, uh, Peter King mentioned in his interview with you, who was an, a career FBI agent assigned to the Long Island Bureau, who then became a the Suffolk County Police Commissioner. She said, she told Catherine Mar- Moriarty, excuse me, Aaron Moriarty of 48 Hours, that uh, not having the FBI involved consistently from the beginning hindered the investigation. This is the woman who was the police commissioner and an FBI agent on Long Island. But it gets better because just yesterday on court TV, Tim Sinney, who was the DA immediately before Tierney, said that uh, that John that Jimmy Burke hindered this investigation, and kept the FBI from being involved. That's Tim Sinney and Ray Tierney, back-to-back DAs, saying this same thing. And I played uh, this. For people, people that don't know, for people don't know, Jimmy Burke was the police commissioner. He was arrested. He had sex was toys. Was a police chief. A yeah, police chief, right. Sex toys. He was frequenting prostitutes. And this goes back to what Curtis talked about, this compound on Oak Beach, where they had some of these young girls. Burke was there, I guess. That is, allegedly Burke was there. Even Shannon Gilbert ended up dead, one of the four girls from Jersey City across state lines. She was there. So uh, this is what you're, what you're telling me, basically, is these people are in agreement with you and Curtis. And that, to me, is a very, very scary situation. Well, see, the thing here with Jimmy Burke here is that um, uh, he clearly didn't want the FBI involved and did whatever he could to hinder them. I think initially he and Thomas Spoda, the DA, who also became a convicted felon, initially they wanted the credit for being the people that solved this case, and they didn't want to share any credit with anybody. That stands in stark contrast from what you heard from Rodney Harrison, who couldn't give more credit to more people involved in this investigation. But then... After the assault on this heroin addict who stole his his uh, duffel bag filled with porn and sex toys and Viagra, then at that point, I think it became a defensive posture, and he didn't want the FBI catching on to any of the crimes he might have been committing, including prostitutes. You mentioned the fact that he was caught with a prostitute in his car. There's also um, some very credible allegations. I spoke with someone yesterday whose wife was a prostitute, and there's some very credible Credible evidence to suggest that Burke was not just patronizing a prostitution ring. He also, by the way, is documented as having dated a prostitute for some time before he was the police chief. But there's also some credible evidence to suggest that Jimmy Burke actually might have been running a prostitution ring. So is it any wonder that he didn't want the FBI involved? I'm not saying he was involved in these murders, but if if more people were murdered because Jimmy Burke stopped the FBI from participating in this investigation, then he and the people responsible for his appointment, I believe, have blood on their hands. And what uh, Peter King, who I share your admiration for, what he's saying simply does not jive with the facts of what Tim Sinney is saying, what Ray Tierney is saying, and what Geraldine Hart is saying. That's too many um, players. Yeah. That is too, that's three big-time players. No one loves Peter King more than me. And Peter's actually wrong. He said, well... They can't stop the FBI from coming in. Of course they can. They absolutely can. They can bring them there or stop them. So you're, right. naming, I, you're naming some very, very big players in Suffolk County who have come out with any hesitation and said, no, the FBI has not been there from the beginning. Thirteen years later, they solved this case because 
These people kept the FBI out. Right. And I and again, I get into this uh, in a lot of detail with my discussion with uh, Gus Garcia Roberts this morning. So if people want to hear that whole interview, they can do it at uh, WABCradio.com or just search uh, Frank Morano interviews and more on any podcast app. But the bottom line here is that the uh, the internal affairs at the Suffolk County PB uh, the Suffolk County Police Department was warned about Jimmy Burke's nefarious activities Steve Ballone the man that appointed him to this uh, position the term limited Suffolk County executive was warned about Ballone's activities Newsday was warned why did Ballone move forward with appointing this guy and why did Spoda basically dismiss the internal affairs investigation uh into Jimmy Burke when they knew that this was going on here. Why were they so eager to protect Burke when every every indication was this guy was a crooked cop from Jump Street, not yep. not in the last couple of years. So now I know uh, Congressman King is is friendly with Jimmy Burke and they've been uh, friendly for a while. And there's nothing wrong with that. I have a lot of friends that are convicted felons as well. And a lot of I'm sure you do, too. I know a lot of, of people that are still in prison, but sometimes <laughs> it can skew your perspective yeah. on yeah. Uh, on what you think is is true and what's not where Curtis goes too far, I think, is simply inserting facts that have never come to light. I've heard him mention on your show and other times that in that duffel bag that Loeb had that uh, of Jimmy Burke's, there were snuff films and things like that. There's no evidence of that. And so when Curtis says things like that, it causes the rest of Curtis's argument, which is based in fact, it causes people to call that into question. I don't care. I believe him. So uh, you do uh, great work. Your show is great. This whole segment has been great. But it's unfortunate, Frank, that uh, your days are numbered here. And that is not because of your talent, but because this congestion pricing war. I know what they pay you here. You are not going to be able to afford to come to New York City from Staten Island very soon. So when is your very last show? Well, when this gets implemented, I'm counting on Governor Murphy and, and uh, Vito Fasella to win this lawsuit to stop this from being implemented. Is that unbelievable? Not that you said Vito Fasella, who's going to join me coming up at 810 this morning, but one of the most crooked, disgusting governors in the country, New Jersey's Phil Murphy, who I can't stand, and you're right, we're all counting on him to save New York. Yeah, this is an issue in Jersey where both the Democrats and Republicans have been pretty united on this this boondoggle that Kathy Hochul and the MTA are trying to implement. Now, first of all, it it has this has the congestion pricing what they call the what they call congestion pricing. It has nothing to do with traffic congestion because if it did have something to do with traffic congestion, they wouldn't be charging me who commutes into work at 10:30 at night when there is no traffic. They wouldn't be charging me a fee to drive into Manhattan at 60th Street. Also, the MTA own studies shows this is going to increase, not decrease, traffic congestion in Brooklyn, in New Jersey, in Queens, in the outer boroughs. So it it has nothing to do with traffic congestion. It just reduces traffic congestion a little bit south of 60th Street. And what's worse, this is going to, by the MTA's own estimate, this is going to cause asthma and pollution problems all over the Bronx, all over the outer boroughs, all over New Jersey. How do we know this? Well, because the MTA's proposed solution to this is they're going to be installing air filtration units near schools, more vegetation, and spending $25 million on an asthma treatment program due to this congestion pricing fee. So they're acknowledging that this will make the congestion problem worse in the outer boroughs. 
why do the residents of Manhattan, south of 60th Street, count more than the people that live above 60th Street and in the Bronx, Brooklyn, and Staten Island? It's a joke. It's just another tax on working-class New Yorkers. And all kidding aside, if I have to spend another $15 a day for the privilege of coming to work, it's going to be very difficult for me to be able to make ends meet. No, I know. I'm kind of kidding, but not kidding. Over $23 for some folks to get into the city. That's a day. That's over 100 bucks a week. That's a lot of money. Uh, Not everybody makes millions. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. And we don't have this ad- we don't have uh, adequate mass transit options from no. Staten Island. But so you do get a I, discount on that bridge, which is like 15, 20 bucks. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, listen, I always uh, ask Vito and Nicole and all these folks when they're going to fix that, but it's a lot of money. You're right, and it's not fair. And hopefully, to your point, uh, Vito and Phil Murphy, maybe you, Nicole Maliotakis, I don't care who you involve, Johnny Tobacco, get uh, Homer Bush, <laughs> get everybody exactly. to stop breaking balls. Hey, this was a great conversation. Other side of midnight, folks, 1 to 5 a.m. every morning. And again, the guy you had on this morning, now, was he the author of uh, Jimmy the King? That's right. Investigative reporter for the Washington Post, Gus Garcia Roberts. Uh, it's going to be a mini cast on WABCRadio.com at the request of uh, of our boss, John Katzmatidis. But people should really, if they can, listen to the full interview. Just search Frank Morano interviews and more on the podcast app. You'll learn more about Jimmy Burke and his history than you ever wanted to know because there's so much with this guy. And the thing that's a shame of it is these guys who appointed him to this position all were warned. They all knew about this. And they went forward with it anyway. How come? That's the question I think Steve Ballone owes us all an answer to. That is a great job, Frank. Uh, Thank you very much for hopping on this morning. We'll be listening at 1 a.m. tomorrow morning. See you later, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, Sid. Congratulations again on that big O'Reilly payday. Thank you. I'm glad you're coming. I know Jill Vitale, flirty flipper, lives right there in Huntington. She'll be there that night, your good friend. That's the question. Hey, Steve Ballone. Why did you still appoint this guy police commissioner when you knew he was walking around with dildos and banging prostitutes? Hey, Steve Ballone, what's the answer?